and uh um i showed them my haul and they i said all right lay it on me how much are you gonna make fun of me this year for it and my mom looked at me and said there's not enough to make fun of this year (laughs) (laughs) you know your mom is like a legend in the eyes of some of my buddies who who like pop into the podcast every now and then Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai. And joining me tonight, we have our poser extraordinaire, Natai. Oh, never take me out, take me away forever. And we have a man who is going to always be jealous of Thorfinn's emotional growth. It is Chinoda. I am an emotionally stunted man-child. I can never compare. For Vinland! <laughs> there, was, there was something else that was growing over there, Chinoda. And it wasn't the shield hero. I mean, what? <laughs> uh, it was rising, though. Oh, there was something rising. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but yes, the three of us have gotten together Reftalia because... <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! Uh, yeah, the three of us have gotten together tonight because uh, it is time for us to talk about something that I think we were all looking forward to uh, for several months after it was announced, uh, the second season of Vinland Saga. Um, woo. Yeah, woo! Viking Scoper! <laughs> Um, so I, I do, I do want us to talk a little bit about some, some non-spoilery stuff before we get into uh, the meat and potatoes of, uh, this spoiler cast. So I do want to say before we do get started, however, um, if this is your first time here, do consider, uh, giving us uh, a little subscribe there. Uh, we're trying to get, uh, to at least a thousand subscribers sometime by the end of the year. If you like what you see, uh, like, if you have anything to say about what we talk about tonight, let us know down below in the comments and don't forget to share it around. Uh, also, why are you here on the season two spoiler cast if it's your first time? I mean, welcome, but it's it, it could be the, They could have watched the first season, but never have watched our podcast wild but did I, I you know. know there was there was an icad podcast for season one did you, you know you're absolutely fucking wrong about that natai wait there was a there was not for the whole season but an episode breakdown yes we we you did episode did. by episode reviews <laughs> um so podcast that, for season one that it's kind of like a spoiler cast a really long spoiler cast for season one but yes um that, that whole concept of episode reviews didn't last very long on this podcast. Uh, rough. And I know. It was rough keeping up with it uh, that that close to the air date. But anyway, um, let's get into some of the more technical aspects of uh, the second season. Um, first season of Vinland Saga was produced, of course, by uh, Studio Wit. They did a fantastic job with it. However, for the second season, it was taken over by MAPPA because apparently they're just going to end up making every single anime note to man. Um, but I want to I want to ask the two of you. Um, are we all agreed that Mappa took the ball with this and ran right into the end zone with it? Oh, for sure. Because they they ran to the end zone full free field, and then they spiked the shit out of that motherfucker. I I couldn't agree more. Mappa did a fantastic job with the second season. I I you, you know what? Had I not known, I could have believed that Wit did the second season. You can tell it's different. I think um, not that Wit's production was like 
flawless and there weren't any like strange spots every now and then but here you can tell like cg water bit, like, that too but also like in this season like my my main gripe is that it feels like every now and then you can will, will stumble across a shot that looks kind of wonky but it's not bad by any means it looks good and mm. i think as a whole like season two is a really fucking solid production um but what's like the the cool thing i think what kept this adaptation going is the fact that it's most of the the main um players in terms of the production coming over from season one to season two because don't remember yeah. don't know if you guys remember there was a time when it was announced that studio kafka was doing season two but yep. then it was moved to mappa and mm-hmm. now we're here with again with mappa but uh same director and i'm sure we'll go over all yeah. the main yeah, it, it was it was directed by uh, uh, Shuhei Yabuda, who also directed the first season of um, Vinland Saga at Studio Wit. Um, it was also uh, the screenplay was done by uh, Hiroshi Seko, who also wrote the uh, first season, the four, first season screenplays for Vinland Saga. Um, also worked uh, on Attack on Titan, Seraph of the End. Mob Psycho 100, Banana Fish, Summertime Rendering, Chainsaw Man, and is currently doing the screenplay for ZOM 100. What Um, a list, This dude is like a very prolific screenwriter. Has a great track record. Um, Fucking solid. um, Also, I didn't know this until um, you put this in our show notes, Doc, and we actually just watched them together here a few minutes before we started the the spoiler cast. Um... Mappa, the chads that they are, released two shorts uh, during the run of this season on their YouTube channel, completely free of charge. Um, it's episodes 6.5 and 18.5, which usually those numbers are reserved for things like... Um, um, OVAs? Well, not... No. no um, uh, what the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> like clip shows. Um, clip shows. Like yeah, clip episodes where they... they like a they recap. Bring you up- Recap, recap episodes. Yeah. Recap is the word I was thinking of. I know English. Thank you, Natai. <laughs> Someone who English is not his native language. <laughs> I I speak the 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 language. You speak the language I of the dove. It. I speak it the language. Um, but if, for those of you who haven't seen it, because I personally don't think it was very well advertised, uh, definitely go watch it. Just search for like Vinland Saga 6.5 and 18.5. Don't search 16.5 because we all know what that will bring up. Um, <laughs> yeah, they just, uh, they put these like supplementary short episodes on their YouTube channel for free, uh, which is really fucking cool. I, I and guess they are like, very short. They're both less than three minutes. Say what you will about, doesn't matter what your opinion is on the show, if you like it or hate it, you can't deny how much they give a shit about this fucking adaptation, right? Yeah. And it no, shows with them. Yeah, yeah, they care. They put these videos up on the YouTube and like you can tell they really gave a shit when making this series back in season one, obviously, and now in season two, so many years later, it's, it's, it's a labor of love, you know, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, the, the, those shorts are definitely a quick watch. And even if you know nothing about Vinland Saga, um, you can definitely watch the first one because it has no dialogue in it whatsoever um, and get a feel for what um, what you're getting yourself What's into. What's it about? Yeah. Um, and also it's just the quality awesome. of the animation because I would say the quality of animation in those shorts is very indicative of what you see in the second season. It's interesting to like go back and... like. It's kind of a kind of a strange like it's not necessarily a fair comparison because the nature of season two and season one they're very different in mm. what they're going Which for. Which I definitely want to talk like, about. 
Yeah, and we will get into it. But like, if we're talking about from a technical standpoint, the amount of there's a lot of really impressive animation work in season one. Pretty like it also helped that there were a lot of really massive set pieces and like cool action scenes that yeah. happened. And in season two, you don't get a whole lot of that, but you get like a consistently like well animated and well put together show because I think the director the directing is like awesome, like really yeah. fucking crisp throughout the show. Uh, it just in terms of the animation, every now and every now and then it is, it is a bit wonky, but. Not bad by any means. It's but you still can say great. that about the first season. Yeah, there. Are, it just. I think the first season had way more moments of holy fucking shit. Yeah. At, in terms of the animation, so it especially was, that uh, Thorfinn and Thorfinn fight the, scene. Yeah. So it was much easier to ignore the wonky shots of season one compared to season two, which was yeah a lot slower, but a lot more smooth. And still, there's. Yeah. Awesome moments of pieces of animations, whether it's uh, we'll get to episode eight with the climb scene or like some of the action that happens way later in the series, in the season, but still yeah. awesome production all around. Can, can oh. we talk a little bit about yeah. the music, though? I, I was oh about to say, God. I want to gush about the music. Um, so it is the, the music in the second season was uh, composed by uh, Yutaka Yamada, who also did the music for uh, season one, has also worked uh, composing music for Tokyo Ghoul and Great Pretender. Uh, say what you will about Tokyo Ghoul. It does have some really good music Glasses in it. And Great, <laughs> and Great Pretender has amazing music throughout. Um, yeah, this, this, this sounds this, like Man, this dude, this dude knows what he's doing. Can I, I, so we're definitely, I think, all in agreement. We're nominating this OST for best soundtrack for our award show, right? Big thumbs up for that. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, one thing I absolutely love about this uh, soundtrack is it's very uh, heavy reliant on brass instruments. Like you got that. Dum, dum. They had the Ascalad theme that kind of like uh, subtly uh, rears its head a couple of times throughout the second season. I love that heavy bass, that heavy brass that they use. It's 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 also that, but I think the standout moments for me is when the show and the soundtrack really enhances the more quiet and mm -hmm. sort of fragile, almost gentle moments of the show. Because then you add, like, the, holy shit, I can gush about the piano pieces in the soundtrack all fucking day. My dude, like, in the so final many... episode, when, when fucking Thorfinn is looking at the aurora off in the distance and that piano piece starts playing, oh yeah. my god! There's so many moments where it's like, the, the show just, like, slows way down and just pulls up the emotional knob all the way up. And, like, the characters, like, expressing their feelings and emotions. And then, like, the, the piano pieces will come in. And, it again, it feels like such a such a fragile, like, presence in the show. But in a very good and tender way. It's It, it's, it, it just brings Which out really, the emotions. They properly so know how to use pacing with their music. And, yes. my God. And it really it complements what Thorfinn is going through in his character development. Yeah. It's like... I just... I can't I can't praise so the soundtrack enough. It's so fucking I mean the the season 1 soundtrack was great too, but this one is just oof. They took it to the next level. They really yeah. did. Most now, of Oh, go ahead. Just like just a little, another small note. Most of I think yeah, I think most of the soundtracks made by this composer are up on like streaming like on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm -hmm. Would highly recommend anyone to go check out his catalog cuz holy shit, like it's it's one it's one thing to 
I like obviously I like experiencing the music as part of the show. The first time I go, like I listen to it, but uh, I always recommend going back and like listening to tracks themselves and just like seeing things you might have missed because there's just so much more to it. It's awesome. yeah. Um, so yeah. since we had 24 episodes in the runtime, that means we got both two OPs and two EDs. I want to talk about them briefly. Um, so the first, yeah. uh, let's talk about the OPs first. So uh, the OP for episodes one through 12 is River by Anonymous. Um, and the OP for episodes 13 through 24 is Paradox by Survive Said the Prophet. Um, Fucking banger. I mean, but but both, both. But, but we're we're gonna talk about both, uh, you know, both this and the EDs. I don't think we you can go wrong with either of the OPs or EDs. Uh, they're both, or all four of them are good in their own uh, individual way. Personally, I preferred River a little more than Paradox, but it's by a very slim margin. Is do so? How would you compare these? two OPs to the first season's OPs. Ooh, uh, man. I think they're they're like a fitting follow-up. I, I Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that they're like yeah. miles better by any stretch, but I would say as a follow-up OP, yeah, 100%. They definitely fit. Paradox uh, definitely might be my... on it. Paradox what? might be my favorite of the series. So What'd far. you say, Chinoda? I said uh, it definitely improves on it. Like... Mm, yeah. Well, I think like the the visuals in River, right, really complement uh, Thorfinn's character as you know w- what he's going through. So hauntingly story. beautiful, yeah. So like like the like the arms reaching out to grab him, and like it's, it's so fucking good. Yeah. And this this was mentioned by um, Vegas and our server while we were doing the watch party for it. it's the the this river is very reminiscent of uh, intro theme for a show on the History Channel called Vikings. Oh really? Yes. Huh. Huh. Um, That's cool. I'll have to yeah. check that out later. Um, it's got it's got a lot of the same like stuff going on in it, and it just it does kind of remind me a little bit of that. Um, but I don't know. I, I just think as a whole, I preferred River just just like ever so slightly more than Paradox, but both are great. You know, yeah. I don't both even blame you because when I was looking at both of them to see which I like better. It's a tough call. Between, it's a toss-up. It really is. Like both of them are really up there. They're they're both holy shit. Yeah. It's really good. Like they... I almost never skipped the OP for these episodes just because I was like, it's a goddamn banger. I want to listen to this every time. Hmm. It's also like represented really well. Like the two like two sides of the show. One side being the the emotional trauma and growth that Thorfinn need, is experiencing hmm. in River as he's, he's like pulls back, he's pulled back by his past and tried to move forward, if we, even with all the sins he committed. And then you have Paradox, which more focuses on like the very the, the tragedy of this world of how much suffering and, and death surrounds all these people. That some of them are are just trying to just well intentioned people thrown into this conflict, which. Which fits, setting, which fits for the setting. Which fits for the setting because the story takes place in like an actual point in human history that was very violent, that was very rough, that was very yeah. tumultuous. Yeah. Um, so let's awesome talk about OPs. 
<laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the EDs. So we have uh, the first ED uh, for the first 12 episodes was Without Love by uh, LMYK. And then the second ED was Ember by Haju Harmonics, which was used for episodes 13 through 24. Uh, Here, we I'm, go. Here we go. No, listen, listen. <laughs> Visually speaking, I'm kind of lukewarm on the EDs. Mostly Without Love, the first ED. I didn't really do much for me. I love. I, I do like Amber as a song. I think I, I t- we talked about it before we started recording. Like I love the more folksy vibe of it. As you said, it really reminds me of Torches, which is like which yeah was the ED. first uh, first ED in the first season. I, I love that ED so much. Um, I mean, it's Imer, man. So you I, can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong. But in terms of the visuals, they're like it's fine. It's not gonna stick with me much. It's I would okay. say I would say you could I I would say that about both of these EDs. Visually, there's nothing really to write home about, um, yeah. and it's more about it's more about the actual songs. Personally, I liked Without Love more, but that's just because I like the Sad Boy Hours songs. It's a good Sad Boy song, yeah, definitely. It just. I don't know. I just didn't vibe with this. Like the song, it felt too. I don't know. Without love, definitely seems like a song that someone who says not a good thing has ever happened to me in my whole life would listen to. <laughs> um, I forgot to say it, but I actually prefer uh, Paradox earlier. And as for the eighties, uh, I actually agree with Alex. Uh, Without love is sad boy hours, but like. It gives a ver- at the at the end of the ED. It's a lot more peaceful, and I I just really like that. Hmm. I don't know I this know. song again. Just this is like personal taste. It, whenever I listen to that song, it's not bad, but it just feels like it's trying too hard to be so fucking sad. And I'm like, I know it's sad, I know, but it's like, come down, chill out, <laughs> daddy, chill, daddy, chill, daddy, chill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my ears. <laughs> What's um, wrong, Daddy? Oh God, no! Let moving, moving on, moving on, moving along, <laughs> moving, moving right along. Um, so I think at this point we're probably going to get in uh, to some spoiler stuff and talk about the actual story of um, the second season. So if uh, you've been with us and you haven't seen the second season yet, please go watch it. It, 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 It's very good. I think all of us here uh, rate it quite highly. Um, We'll talk about our actual ratings when we get done with the spoiler cast. But um, yeah. It's a good anime. You should watch it. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert from here on out. Um, So this entire season, save for the final episode, which I'll get to, um, is an adaptation of the slave arc of the manga. Um, A.K.A. Farmland Saga. Farmland Saga, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, because a vast majority of this season takes place on uh, Kettle's farm, and it takes place, what, roughly, is it like a year or so after? Um, it's over the course of multiple years, I but, think. But, I mean, it, we, we start out, it's roughly a year after the end of... It's a year after season year one. After. Um, it's a year and, after, yeah. And season one ended with obvious the spoilers for season one, if you haven't seen it, um, ends with the death of Askeladd and um, Thorfinn trying to uh, assassinate Canute and being put into, like, slavery being because sold to it. slavery, yeah. Yeah, as, as, as a punishment. And we see the 
sort of result of that, and we get to watch Thorfinn uh, kind of come to terms with the fact that while he wanted revenge so much, he got to watch someone else kill the person that he wanted to kill. Can I say the fucking balls of this fucking show to be <laughs> like, all right, he, he didn't get his revenge. Now we're going to fucking talk and cry about it for like 12, 12 to 20 episodes. Yeah. Holy shit. What? Like, I'm I'm not envious of this mangaka for going for taking such a extreme turn, but it feels so so methodically like it's so it, well planned out. You know, is it is it, it bad feels... that because I think one of the great things about the mangaka who uh, writes Vinland Saga it's uh, Makoto Yukimura who also did um, Planetus uh, Planetus yes, which is also a fucking fantastic manga. Um, I really wish he was a more prolific mangaka because I want more writing by this guy. Yeah, this this Honestly, fucking manga has been read. going on since 2005, I think. Yeah, mid-2000s, yeah. So coming up on 20 years? Yeah. Um, I don't crazy. know, man. This, it, it, it's crazy, like, the, the quality of writing this guy has. And he knows his stuff because, as was mentioned multiple times when we were reviewing episodes for season one, like, this story is, while I won't say it's based on a true story because it takes a lot of liberties with the characters involved. Sure. Um, most of the characters you will see throughout the course of Vinland Saga um, are characters or people who actually exist or existed back sure. at the uh, the turn of the first millennium? Um, I guess it would be the second millennium. Um, and there are, you know, obviously a great deal of licenses that were taken with the characters, but it's also based around actual historical events that happened, and it's it's great it's watching crazy. him like weave yeah. all of that into real historical events. It's it really reminds me. Sidebar. It really reminds me of a certain writer uh, named Ken Follett, which writes a lot of uh, historical fiction, mm-hmm. and it's very much similar. Not to, like, so again with Vinland, it's definitely taking some liberties with the characters, but uh, it really reminds me of Ken Follett's writing. He wrote a, a, several books. One of them, Pillars of the Earth, is very well well known. I love that book. Mm-hmm. It's what his sort of sort of like his approach is to write these fiction like historical characters in these events that there is a like it's a fictional story obviously but there's a really good chance that these characters these people these historical figures might have gone through these small towns on their way in their conquest or fucking like you know part of building their kingdom might have gone through these small towns and met these people interacted with all whatnot so like it's it it's really again with that as you said it's really cool how he uses these historical figures in this fictional story yeah. and sort of like weaves his own narrative out of it i i also really love when cool. i love when he'll take like things that actually happened and put them in the story like so mm-hmm. toward the end of the season there's a scene where um thorfinn and canute finally meet again for the first time in you know like two years or whatever two and a half years uh um, more oh however long it is um year and, and a uh, half if i remember right actually however long I'm it is Canute points to the sea and says, "Let me show you my power. I'll make. I'll put the. I'll make the seas calm down. Like that comes from a, a his, his, bleh, that comes from an exchange that historically happened. 
where Canute really? got so yeah, Canute got so frustrated with one of his things talking about how powerful he was, where he pointed to the sea and said, I'll show you exactly how powerful I am. I'll stop the sea from being so rough. And he commanded, like he, a big boisterous voice, commanded the sea to stop and it wouldn't. And he turned to his thing and said, stop telling everyone I'm more powerful than I am. I'm not a god. Huh. That That's actually that's a, a, an exchange which we have historical proof for. That's really fucking cool. I love shit like that. It's like, like John mentioned in a, uh, the last monthly dump that we did where um, we talked briefly about Vinland Saga season two. I love historical like period dramas. And, like It's one of the reasons I love Vinland Saga. Yep. The fact that uh, he can intermix uh, actual history into this show, which hmm. definitely has taken liberties, obviously. It's just yes. a project uh, on character growth um the fact that he managed to put those in there so seamlessly Hmm. it's quite frankly amazing and honestly a really good time when you actually discover oh that's a real thing that happened holy Hmm. shit that's so cool yeah um i wish i could say the same thing about like the whole premise of this arc but i don't think there's three any years actual three years okay oh was it three so years? this arc takes uh, is this arc is happening over the course of three years yeah um i don't think there's any actual historical evidence that the real thorfinn carl Stephanie was ever enslaved <laughs> um and no also the real the real life i'm thorfinn, sure you do well the real sure life thorfinn came mind. from a pretty well-off family too <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't mind he's portrayed as a sad anime boy. <laughs> well, he's been dead for like 1,500 years, so. <laughs> See, who cares? Uh, actually, almost, what? yeah, more than 1,500 years. Um, yeah. But. Uh, anyway. Anyway, anyway. Um, Thorfinn. Um, so in the so, first episode, we barely even see him. <laughs> So what did you guys think of Aner's Aner's Anar Anus. introduction Anus. to this? <laughs> Anar. Just just call him what he is, Natai. He's a cuck. Uh why? Why'd you, why would you not? do that? Like hit By the end of this he gets cucked to shit. Why? Oh my Stop. fucking god, shut up. Oh, I forgot who am I speaking to. God damn it. Ugh. <sighs> Alex, we can't all like fucking you know, act upon our sexual fantasies, you know. You can keep it to yourself. But yes, Alex, Anar. get off Twitter. Stop talking about <laughs> I know, cooking. right? But yes, Anar, uh, like Hey, you mean you... X.com? <laughs> uh, uh, don't remind me. You, you'd be forgiven for thinking that, like, every single season, there's going to be a new main character, I guess. <laughs> the first episode. <laughs> Because he like they're portraying Adar as he's going to be like the main character, and then all of a sudden, oh, here's Thorfinn. No, it's very much it's like, okay, who is this fucking guy, and where is my boy? It's like, mm. oh no, my boy is a very sad boy now. He's a very sad enslaved boy. <laughs> it's interesting. I remember I I saw this interview uh, with the manga where it was like I needed to to create a character that will become Thorfinn's friend in order for him to grow, and that's when mm. Adar came into the story. And after, like, thinking about that, like, with, with that lens about the story, I'm like, oh, okay. Because then you realize that's, like, because in the story, he's sort of, when he becomes a slave and slowly gets to know Thorfinn, it's, like, becoming that sort of guy who pushes Thorfinn to be, like, hey, fucking snap out of it, man. Let's fucking 
get this shit over with and stop, you know, just like be better, you know? Well, they have very, they have very different, um, like responses to being enslaved. Thorfinn doesn't sure. seem like he couldn't give two shits about being enslaved. It's like he's accepted. For Thorfinn, it's like his life is over at this point. Yeah. He's you know? accepted his fate. It's like, all right, this is how it's going to be for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's when he has his spiel about nothing good has ever happened to me in my whole life. It's like, man, I've been 13. I've been there, man. <laughs> but then you have uh sure. you have uh Einar who is very recently enslaved um and is like all right i just gotta do everything i can to just get out of this i can earn my freedom yeah and it's I, it's very different like feelings about being enslaved yeah because again someone like one of them has no purpose in his life anymore because his purpose was stolen in big egg quotations from him and the other one still like has something driving him to get out of this situation despite the but fact man, that he that... watched his mother and his sister die right in front of him but man that fucking first like first time when they talk to each other properly and like because you know at first when i i don't realize is that Thorfinn used to be one of those same vikings who just murdered his family he literally tries to murder him he's like start to strangle in, in his sleep <laughs> yeah and then he sees how much he's tormented by his past sins mm-hmm. and when and and i was it fucking blew my mind when they like at, at a certain point it's like they talk about their emotions like <gasps> this men talking anime. about their emotions that's gay <laughs> in my anime <laughs> bro there's nothing more manly than seeing two grown men talk about their emotions it's so fucking good i mean just just watch jojo's man <laughs> Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, and it's what judges you, your penis will grow two inches larger e- easily. And that that's on the the smaller side. Like, it can grow up to six inches longer. Come on, you know this, especially if you literally. get to, like if you get to you get to steal ball on. run. Um, but no, like you get a lot of um, uh, scenes like that throughout the course of the second season, um, where it's yeah. just men talking about how they feel to each other. Not always men, but you got a couple of women that you talk to like that too. But um, this is for the sad boys. This is this is this for is the, the sad, sad boy boys. club. This is the women are not allowed in the sad boy club. <laughs> women be gone. <laughs> uh, and that's that's one of the things I absolutely love about um, this season. Although I feel like that's one of the reasons it was criticized by some people as hard as it was because it was so different from the first season. And I understand it. I I touched on this during our last WTF where I I understand people's trepidations about how different the second season is from uh, the first, which if you go into the third season, you're probably going to have the exact same trepidations. It's not going to be like the first. Every season or every story arc is going to be different because Vinland Saga, as much as as it is a great historical period drama that uh, explores the setting and the time around which the story takes place it is also primarily a character study of thorfinn yeah it's um but at different like points at face value life. but at face value be like oh there's less action big no-no but yeah when you consider what the show is trying to go for was like seeing this guy face his trauma and and he tries to find a way to sort of redeem himself and try and find a better path to go about, you know, living his life and trying to solve his problems. 
it's so fucking powerful because it's kind of it, it makes so much sense the more you get into it because with season one it started out he's this very like you know wide-eyed kid being like and, and his father Thor is teaching him even though he's like looking to fight and he wants to be a warrior his father is like you have no enemies right mm. no one is trying to like hurt you you don't have to live a life of violence and then the tragedy happened thor dies and he and thorfinn is consumed by vengeance he tries to kill askelad and askelad is like everyone is your enemy only one was only, his enemy for him yeah and like you can you only have yourself to to live with everyone's your enemy you can't trust anyone yeah. and then when and and when that vengeance consumes thorfinn but is taken from him his entire agency is like gods like what am i supposed to do with myself i have no purpose right now like, not just his agency and, but his person as a whole yeah because yeah, he, he because the god that fucking scene where they're talking to the grand grandpa Kevin's father and they start fishing and and thorfinn's like can i do this i feel so empty i have nothing in me and he, and the grandpa is like okay so fill yourself up with something new teach like learn new skills find things to fulfill yourself more and it's like holy fucking shit I'm what a lie like that's so powerful you know when he was speaking to Thorfinn about that I for a moment it felt like he was just talking to me and I I got hit hard with that man I've like I had to pause the episode I'm like it's powerful, I need dude. to grow up a little bit <laughs> I'm just like Jesus yeah. Christ it's a- it's a powerful moment. I, I I remember talking to one of my buddies, and he was like, "Who's the actual MVP of this fucking season?" <laughs> really though, <laughs> no, who is? It's like the grandpa. The grandpa. It's like, oh, it's like holy shit! It's, yeah, I love that scene so much. I think the, the spherical, the kettle's father. Uh, I feel like he he plays a very important like role in the story, not only to to Thorfinn and and uh, and Einar, also to Einhard as well. Yeah, to yeah. Um but he's like it's like watching someone who has lived a life that they kind of regret and trying at yeah. the end to make up for all of their past mistakes by actually being kind to the very same people that they weren't kind to in the past. Yeah, definitely like it's it's cool that we get a glimpse of his his past as well. And it seemed seen like his history repeats itself, you know, same old story again and again. And he was trying to do his best at helping these people in need that he can, right? Do you know? Do you know something that also strikes me about? Well, not just this season because I think you have a lot of this in the first season too. But um, do you remember one of the things, Natai, you said when we were doing our spoiler cast for Arcane? And you said that there's not a single character in the show that feels like you don't know a lot about them despite having very little screen time. What? Mm. Like it's very they, they use the screen time they have very efficiently. Very efficiently. I, yeah. I feel I feel like the same can be said about the new characters that we have here in the second season. Um, Definitely. There's very few of them by the end of the season that we don't feel like we have like a complete backstory or um or, or Definitely. whatever for um even, even the fucking retainers us... yeah yeah even even the retainers like you have uh snake and fox and badger like they all get yeah. developed even those fucking assholes like fox and badger it's like 
it's like they're pieces of shit, but you see the camaraderie and how much they rely on each other and how much they trust Snake. And they're it's like you can't not, help but see them. They're not just stereotypical bad guys. They're like actual people with personalities, wants, needs. Yeah. And like, you... it's not like they gave like them whole arcs or anything, but they gave us just enough character description uh, for us to actually care a little bit. Which I'll give you a great example of this. So throughout the the majority of the second season's run, you have the character of, of Fox, right? Who is right. just this very uh, egotistical. He's very full of himself. He thinks he's a great warrior and stuff. And that's only because the only things he's ever had to face are like wild animals that get on the farm, or the occasional thief, or or burglar, or right? Slave. He has to, or 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 uppity slave that he has to beat down. Sure, yep. uh, that's all he's ever had to face. When he actually has has to face a legitimate army his fucking legs are shaking like crazy yeah yeah it's it's he's terrified it's i think villain saga as a whole both season one and two just do such a good job at portraying people you know like they might at first seem like caricatures to you but you see them at their like weakest points and you see like they're just like people you know just really good ass people in these like very extreme situations, and it's so it's so real, it's so raw, you know. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's one of the awesome. great things I love about this this style of writing is that just so many yeah. characters end up getting fleshed out, and it's 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 like we were talking about with Arcane. It's just it's it's fun to watch. Definitely, uh, it's it's so it's and it's so satisfying as well to see the growth. I think one of the most interesting characters in the entire series is Canute. Like his transformation in season one, where he's like, he's come from this very religious background, he's very meek and very sort of like in his like, like he's very naive about how the world works. And then when all it all snaps, it's like there is no, there's no god above us. He's just like he's he hates us, you know. He's like he's like very defiant against God in his quest to to like create a better world. It's very defiantly and very in spite of God, right? Mm-hmm. And you see how that growth leads to all the fucking atrocities that, like, he does in season two. Like, the power, like, how he, re- he how he slowly controls England, how he gains more power, how he... and, and how he the just, king like, of Denmark. Becomes, yeah. And it's it's so fucking fast. I, I honestly think it's one of the most... Which is like, historically accurate, by the way. He did poison his brother in real life. Oh, yeah, he did? Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. Uh, in in, re- in the real life, Canute the Great was very, uh, very Blood conniving. fucking thirsty. He was he was very ruthless. He was very conniving, but he did come from more or less humble background, as humble as you can be for someone who was born into a royal family. Yeah, right. Um, but he's like yeah. scheming and his like plans is so fucking man. It's so engaging to watch him just like plan all the time, you know. I mean, and the I real life, it. and the real life Canute the Great was also a brilliant military tactician. Oh, yeah. so is a natural leader, <laughs> which I think comes across in the in the in the show in Vinland Saga. It really does. I love that scene when when he's training with that. Uh, I don't know the name of the guy he was training with, but like you could see, like he's not the greatest fighter, but he's still very sharp. He's very quick he on his feet. He can hold his he's own like, in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he's very is it's I mean he's kind of very manipulative and it's not he's not an quote unquote honorable fighter, but he's like, you know, he's not a pushover as well. Hmm. I, I yeah. love the way they built his character. Fucking yeah. awesome. 
Um, or was that especially when talk... you lead up to the end of the, the series, the season? But we'll get to yes. That. Can can we talk for a moment about episode eight? Because it's probably one of my favorite episodes in the entire season and series. Uh, well, yeah, series thus far. Um, so we a get Ask- hell episode, right? Yeah, we get Askeladd back, and we get to watch an absolutely Dantean version of Thorfinn's personal hell. Uh, I like how I like he Literally. actually asks, he asks Askeladd if he's in Valhalla, and, and Askeladd's like, "Look around you. What does do you this think? look like? Does this look like paradise to you?" <laughs> yeah. Literally what he says, what he told Thorfi that everyone's his enemy. This is the hell he was talking about, right? Mm. It's like, oh my god, it's so fucking good. That, Man, I want to watch this episode again now. If uh, if I had to pick, like, we don't do, like, uh, awards episode for of the best, year. Well, best scenes or best episodes, but that would it's be up there. definitely, it would be up there definitely. For, for this year it's for up sure. There. But man, that whole conversation is so fucking good. The dialogue is absolutely awesome. Oh. And it's so it's it's again, it's what do you think about it? Just Thorfinn in his head trying to like come to terms with his fucking trauma, right? And and when and he's like he's reflecting on everything he taught he was taught from Asgard. When he when he sort of realizes that he will be just consumed by that he was consumed by that vengeance. And that he doesn't like, he, he, there has to be another way. And when he does that, when he climbs up that, that fucking like tower of corpses, uh, tower of corpses. And again, one, uh, one of the peaks of the animation this season, in my opinion, mm-hmm. when it like goes through that, like literally c- climbs through that vision and comes out the other side. And it's like, I will not hurt anyone anymore. I, it's mm-hmm. like, holy shit. It's, I, I, I remember watching that episode and then writing, I did write in general. I did write that in general. Fuck you, Alex. I tried to engage. I, I went to the Discord like, holy shit, villain saga just like did one of the best episode TV episodes of the mm. year. Like, holy fucking shit. Like, and I, that that mm. line that Askeladd says, the only way you're ever going to be able to get to paradise is if you climb over the corpses of everyone you've killed. And, you know, I think, like... Obviously, that vision he had, uh, that dream he had, was just him mentally trying to come to terms with himself for everything he's done. I honestly think if he, if he couldn't manage to have climb, uh, climb back up that hill, so to speak, I think he would have woken, uh, woken up with a mental breakdown. Uh, or maybe not even wake up at all. He would have lost himself. Yeah, yeah. I- Truly think that Definitely. was uh that was the make or break for his mind. Which which is supposed to be the lesson you learn from revenge stories is that if you completely consume yourself with it, you will lose yourself. Oh there, <coughs> guts. Alex. Yeah, <coughs> guts <coughs> berserk. <laughs> uh, that's supposed to be the, the, the whole thing about revenge stories is like once you get it, you have nothing. You you will be nothing, you will lose yourself. But again, what a fucking brilliant move of writing a revenge story only to like take away, take away. that sort of yeah, to take it excuse me, to take away that from the main character. Like, mm. I I remember before season two came out, so my buddy, uh, a friend of ours, Ariel, he told me about man, just prepare yourself for something very different. And <laughs> I I can't stress it enough how much I adore the slow burn of the season. Oh, me too. I love the pacing of this season. It's I, so methodical, can I just say, you know? I, 
I feel like anime needs more of this. They need it needs more whether it's you know stuff that's based on manga that's already out there or anime original stories. We need more stuff that's kind of slow paced that's aimed specifically at adults like Vinland Saga, like Violet Evergarden. We need more shit like this in anime. I, I know I think, it's not gonna huge Alex. it's gonna be the huge seller of shonen and shit, but my god, it's so fucking good when it's done well. I mean, Alex, do I have to agree with you, but I have to say it's just not viable because I know there aren't viable, enough but people like it. us that can actually pay the fuck attention or learn. What do you things. mean it's not viable? This is one of the most popular mangas in Japan right now. No, but like anime wise, you know, uh, internationally, it's probably people. not viable, though. Yeah. Too many people don't uh... have the goddamn attention span for stuff like this anymore. Have you forgot how much of a fucking slow burn Breaking Bad was? And it's still like the most popular okay, shows okay. of the but, 2010s. But those were normies. And and to be fair, with Breaking Bad, you very rarely had to wait more than a year between seasons. Mushoku Tensei had the most slow ass burn, like slow burn. I agree with you. And that's why Mushoku Tensei is a fucking good easy yeah, guy. And he fucking rules, you know? And that was a massive hit. What are you talking I, about? I'm not there's saying for that. I'm not saying there's no like market for it because clearly there is. With stuff like this, uh, Violet Evergarden, you could argue Mashoka Tensei. Although I would say that it's like its premise, like you know, the whole isekai is premise isekai, isn't very adult. But it's a very, but it's a very slow isekai, especially. The it's beginning. a very slow burn. But I, I, I want more shit like this. God, can we get more fucking historical period dramas in anime too? <laughs> that oh, aren't God. just I, set in I, Japan. I haven't watched Kingdom, but wait a minute, wait a minute. Fucking Golden Kamui is a historical period. And I fucking love it. (laughs) Only it's not a slow burn. It's a really. No, it's 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 very fast paced, honestly. Those CG Uh, birds will run over you. (laughs) Uh, But no, like, yeah, more stuff like that. More historical period dramas. It works. It works so well. Um, It's so fucking good, dude. But yeah, that whole episode, episode eight of uh, of Vinland Saga season two, probably one of my favorite anime episodes ever. Um, it's really fucking good. Yeah, it's like every it's just solid. You know, the direction, the music, the acting, it's all just so well put together. And it tells a, like a coherent story from beginning to end. And it's so fucking powerful. You know, it's oh, really, chef's kiss. Can, and. Also, kind of going back to like the historical aspect of the show, I, there's probably people alive today who their only like knowledge or um, exposure to the concept of slavery is going to be like American slavery, like you know pre world or pre Civil War. Um, what did you guys think of how slavery is actually portrayed in this show? Because I will say, in general, it is kind of historically accurate that. Largely throughout history, slavery had very little to do with race. Occasionally it did, yeah. but mostly it was about whoever was less powerful was the ones who were enslaved. Yeah. I feel it's... like the portrayal of uh, slavery in the anime was done pretty well. Um, mm. Even if it didn't feel as brutal or as oppressive, it definitely was. You had, like, you had to make sure you were watching and paying attention, but there was definitely... Violence and rape uh, shown throughout the show that mm. did happen, and it is very much one to one how it was. Dude, do you, do you do, literally near the near the end of the show when uh, 
Uh, when Caleb comes and beats the shit out of Einhard for well, not not just pregnant. that. The dude who's like watching her, like the the security person, is like, man, there's a woman Groping here, and her. I can't do anything about it. If it were up to me, I'd be raping you right now. It's like, chill, daddy. Yeah, it, like it's rough. It was, but you know what? Much. Shit like that happened. Bro, that scene when Caleb just beats the shit out of her is that was. That's rough. Whoa. It's brutal. Oh, yeah, that was dark. Man, that was even rough. That, I, I was just like, Jesus, like, I, I really can't right now. Like, I'm watching, this, I was watching this, that. I'm like, I don't think I should be here right now. I'm going to go. I don't feel her comfortable. Entire, her entire arc was like, I. Man, was her like entire arc was rough. depressing. Yeah, it yeah. was not nice. But, man, it was so fucking. Uh, like, on the one hand, I get what they were going for with like her uh, husband coming back and want my, it's like, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. You'll just get hurt. When she fucking tries to go and free him. It's like, you'll know it's not going to work out, bro. Come on. I was like, Ugh. but at the same time, it's like, Yes, of course. You can't blame her. Anything and everything for the love of your life, and it's just like fuck. This is yeah. This is not I mean, okay. Yeah. To, not to be fair, to be fair, she was remembering her husband for how he was, yeah. not how he is. Yeah, how he... Which uh, yeah. that poor man, he was. I mean, you, you could still in. you could still argue that it's stupid, and I agree. But. <laughs> um... But no, that that's also kind of a running theme throughout this uh, this entire season is showing what happens when men get backed into a corner and have nothing to lose, because it yeah. happens multiple times. You see it with um, Einhard's uh, Ar- Arnheide? Arnheide. Arnheide's husband Gardar. You see it with um, uh, Kettle when he gets like disrespected. He feels like he's backed into a corner and has no choice but to fight a losing battle. Um, Hell, you see it with me. you see it with Snake when he chooses to yeah. actually stay behind and and fight even though he knows they're gonna lose. Yep. Speaking uh, of Kettle, I, I I loved the sort of how pathetic he is to some extent, right? How everyone's like, he's oh, living a lie because he's living. It's like Iron Head Kettle. It's just a legend. It's like I. He was like. I was. I just happened to be named the same name as that fucking guy. I, it wasn't me, mm-hmm. you know. It's kind of like like I, I love how they the show wasn't afraid to portray him as like a very pathetic character, even though yeah. at first he's like a very kind, very, very, very fair master to his slaves, right? Mm-hmm. At least that's what he seems like. Oh wow, he's like very honest with. Let's them buy their Einar. freedom. Yeah, let's buy the freedom. Then you see like the weakness in him and the brutality he has. How he was like, "Oh no, someone's about to take my fucking, uh, you know, the only woman I was able to be comforted by." Mm-hmm. So he lashes out and just like pretty much kills her, right? Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. It's terrible. With an know? unborn child in her belly, <laughs> his unborn child. <laughs> Yay. Abortion. <laughs> oh, thanks, Alex. <laughs> um, it's a shame you guys are not going to be able to do that legally, right? <laughs> Please don't remind us the, of the hellhole we live in, okay? Um, not. No, like that, that whole family, though, is, is interesting to watch because you have Kettle. Fucking Olmar, is, man. 
I know. No, it. I want. I want to talk about that. You got Kettle, who's a bit, apparently living a lie. He basically is telling people he's someone that he's not, um, and he feels bad about it too. Um, but he's not afraid he... to take advantage of it. But he is not afraid to take advantage of it. Uh, then you have uh, Thorgil, who is like this. Um, the, the successful older brother who's kind of gone off. He's done his own thing. He's actually a thane of, of Canute. Granted, he's like a very junior one. but um, yeah. And then you have Olmar, who's like the spoiled rich kid who thinks he's hot shit, and then he tries to go do something, and he gets one-up so easily. Man, that scene of him trying to cut that fucking pig. <laughs> that was so embarrassing. I felt so uh. bad for him. And then, like, like, he acts like he wants idiot. He acts like he wants to go to battle so much, and then the one time he's in battle and he he actually kills somebody, he gets traumatized by it. I love how by the end of the show he's like the most uh, level headed out of everyone because it's like come to terms with like this is kind of fucked. I'd rather people not die on this farm so we can rebuild and you know. So. I'm a huge fan of his character, actually. I really... By the end of the show, yeah. He went from a spoiled brat uh, who was just a complete piece of shit to an actual human being with an appreciation for life and hard work. And, like, they showed us his character growth as well. And he wasn't Mm -hmm. even one of the uh, main side characters. Well... He sort of was, but at the same time... By the like, end, he is. Yeah, by the end, he is. But he started off as not. I've the really power of mustache, man. Still... The power of mustaches, yes. Honestly, though. I mean, just ask Leif Erikson. <laughs> My boy. But, yeah. yeah. Good character That's... growth on him as is well. It, is it weird, is it weird that Leif Erikson adopts someone who looks like Thorfinn and calls him Thorfinn? Speaking Look, of Leif, man That's needed like... to handle his shit psychologically somehow <laughs> of all Speaking the ways of Leif, to do it that's not the worst go ahead Nitai. just gonna like because because brought it up like that's the only story complaint i sort of have with the second season is oh. with, because when you get to the actual moment of Leif and thorfinn meeting you would at that point oh, they have been seeing each other for like four years and it felt i I, I don't know if it's just because, like, for... Be- oh, I th- I have a theory why it was done like that. But anyway, the, the point is, when they do meet, it's very abrupt. And it's, they sort of, like, glance over it. Because at that moment, it's around the time that Einhard... Uh, uh, is it Einhard or am I... Mean, like, that's her Arnheide. name, right? Einhard? Arnheide. Fucking A. Arnheide, at that point, Arnheide is uh, dying, right? And you get to that whole story bit of she's dying and, like, the babies does well, probably, and all that. It's very sad. So I get that they're just not trying to take away from the emotion of that scene of Arnheide dying. It's very sad. And but we didn't have the emotional now. reunion between Thorfinn yeah. and Leif. But exactly. And it's such a... Uh, I was like, mm, no, no, you we were so perfect. And it, it really took me out that... We were I don't this know, close to greatness. Was Natai, it the manga? I fully agree with you. Have, 
did I have that scene in the manga, or they also in the manga kind of glance over? That I don't. Meeting? I don't really recall there being like a huge emotional moment in the manga when they meet again. Because um, because like you, you say build there up is, there is just... another well there is another big emotional thing that's going on that needs to be taken yeah. care of and I think I think that's really why because to have two emotional moments one really happy and one really sad going on simultaneously taken... narratively just doesn't work it doesn't it just, make sense uh... but it pisses me off because I'm like they're finally meeting after all these years I was in 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 reality I was like. Ready. In, in reality, yes, I can imagine that when they first see each other, yeah, there's going to be this big, like, like oh, let's hug bro moment. Uh, but I understand narratively why they didn't do it, because it would be just, really out of place at the time when it happens. It just very, it really took me out of the episode. Where did that happen? Because throughout season one, Leif was looking for Thorfinn and then he found him and then they got separated again and then throughout season two obviously he's looking for him again at that point they haven't seen each other for like four years and so obviously you're gonna have a bit of a build-up and you're looking forward to oh shit they're gonna see each other again and mm. especially at this point in the show when Thorfinn is like so different now they two kind of go back to that where it's like oh you changed so much Thorfinn but it's like it's that's so, after it's, the fact just not, that's after they yeah, had a chance exactly to and it's it's like, oh, it's so, it just, it was handled so awkwardly and not in a very elegant way. It, that's like my, in terms of like story beats, that's like the one thing I had, to, like, that's the one gripe I have with the season. I, I almost, I almost do wish that they had met each other again for the first time at a different point in the story. Yeah. Like before all the stuff with Arnhide like really kicks off. Cause I think you would have then been able to have that big emotional like uh, reunion. It's just, yeah, because you have that buildup of, like, Leif talking to Catwell. It's like, oh, I'm looking for this guy named Thorfinn. Da, 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 da. You, you have... And then it happens like, oh, but wait, she's dying. Oh, no, oh, my God. We're gonna, you know. Yeah, I, I just think narratively it would have been too much of a, like, whiplash to have that yeah. all happening at the same time in the same place. Now, if they had been in a different, like, place when all that was going on, then, yeah, I could see it happening. But, I don't know, it just narrative. I get the... the uh, the desire for it to happen. I just think that if they had done it narratively, it wouldn't have been very good. I, uh, the thing is, it's I, kind of weird. I like, I've got, I'm, I wonder if they should have waited with Leif arriving till after Arnheim's uh, arc ended. And then right when you get to the battle of the farm and then around that time, that's when he arrives because that like, he gets there right at the end of her story, but it's like, you know, it's, it could have been, they could have done it in a way in a different way that these two story like emotional like beats wouldn't overlap with each other at all. I mean, they don't yeah. overlap because they just glance over one of them, but kind of disappointing, honestly. Yeah, I and again I, love this show. So when I when I see, when I see that, I, I kind of like hand wave it as okay, this happened off screen. I didn't like that though. Like I, I'm sure it was, it was something like that, but. I wished we could have seen it. I really do. Because just I like Natai, it took me out of the moment. Yeah. I was just like... Because Leif is where, a big part the... of the first season. Yeah, no, really. Yeah. And I was just like, where's the joyous reunion? Where, like, and one moment he, he's arriving, the next, they're just standing side by side. I'm like, the fuck? Like, did they talk to each other? To, yeah, did they, a... like, completely forget to put a scene into the anime? I, I, I was just so I will say... I will say it, it's crazy to me that they're in the show. 
because uh, knowing what I know about the actual like real life Leif Erikson, it's crazy to me that there's people in the show who don't know who he is because in his day, Leif Erikson was like an actual rock star. Everyone knew who he was. Yep. <laughs> he didn't have to like name drop himself. Everyone knew what he looked like. Everyone knew who, who he was. <laughs> so like that scene where um, Leif Erikson goes uh, to like pick up Thorfinn and, and Einar after they've been... Um, uh, restrained for uh, trying to help with the escape oh, attempt. Yeah. Um, Snake would have known who he was. He wouldn't have had to say, oh, you didn't have permissions. Like, they would have just said, oh, fuck, you're Leif Erikson. Jesus, let me take your money. You can have these people. <laughs> Man really was so, yeah. on that level. Yeah. He was He was like the, the you know, 1000 AD equivalent of a rock star. Snake was also a really cool character. I really like. Yeah, him. I I loved watching Snake because he when he's first introduced, you think he's like this lazy layabout guy. His only job is to really just patrol the farm at night. But like once you actually watch him grow, you're like, man, this is a dude who's who's seen some shit and and just. I love his relationship to Kettle's father. You know. Yeah, he all, it's almost like a um a grandson taking care of his grandfather and his father. Part of yeah. Like that. I also like that that scene where um. Uh, he's reading the Bible to uh, Spherical while he's in bed because he can't. Because we find out that the grandfather can't even read. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you also have that like cutaway where you hear you see uh, Thorfinn listening at the window, listening in. That's right. And yeah. Arnheid's like, I didn't realize Thorfinn was Christian, and Einar's like, he's not. He just really likes the stories. <laughs> which There's is just is, so many. Which is which we in the business call that foreshadowing. <laughs> There's so many, there's so many small character moments in this season, especially that it just it gives you so much more to like enjoy and dig into the characters. Whether it's Snake reading the Bible to the to Kettle's father, whether it's uh, Thorfinn and like Einar, like always asking for to lend his horses so they can work e- more easily on the farm. It's like. It's like it's like you get to see these like small community interacting with each other. It's All so those really scenes cool. where you got get to watch the farmhands slowly gain more and more respect for Thorfinn because like yeah. you see the first time they have like that big interaction is them destroying the fucking wheat field. Fucking assholes. And then by the end of it, they're like, "God damn, I respect the hell out of you." Yep. So, what did you guys think of? Of how Thorfinn goes about being a pacifist, leading up to the final, like the the peak, you could say, like the climax of the arc of the uh, what is it, one thousand hits? Oh, uh, the punches. The punches. Yeah, it's one. Was it a thousand? A hundred. One hundred. Yeah, one hundred punches. An X of zero. So I did you think of that sec? Because holy shit, that was. Something I else, mean, man. It, it definitely shows his desire to like want to maintain peaceful outcomes to things, um, and his dedication to it. I don't know how realistic it is, but I don't. While I not think it can re- be done, it, it can be done. You just be a bloody oozing mess. At Which that by point. the end of it, he was. Because throughout the show, especially through season one, they always reinforce how much of endurance he has right like there's so many moments where he's like fighting but it's like some of the ribs are broken or it's like really fucked up that one like there's so many fights this is one where it's just like that fighting when he's already really like damaged right Mm -hmm. um i just love how 
like that moment where they they're like they get to like the final blows or whatever and the guy was like fighting he's like he's so exhausted he barely like touches him with mm-hmm. a fist you know because he's so out of breath and then everyone's like holy shit like they gain respect for him for standing his ground like that you know like mm-hmm. i love that scene so much yeah fucking awesome um, i was curious what you guys thought about like because toward the end of the season the big climax is thorfinn actually meeting canute again again uh, the yeah. man the man who sentenced thorfinn to be being an actual slave i i want to watch that episode again because there's so much going into like there is such a complicated character right with his like grandiose like ambitions to create a better world, but as you can see, in the meantime, all he did was fucking make stock wars, kill his brothers, and his and you know, he's talking with the disembodied head of his father. Pretty much, that was creepy. And then you get to that point when when Thorfinn is trying to like plead with him to like not do this and let his people live and go the fuck away, and and and. That moment when Knut starts laughing because he realizes that Thorfinn is everything he is not, and he's claiming he wants to be, it's like shit, man. You know, it's it's so wild to see how he sort of like reacted like that when he realizes yeah. that Thorfinn sort of reaches that epiphany that he was looking for all this time of like, no, I'm going to go away from this shithole and create an actual place where like no one's there's no there no there will be no wars or no slaves, and no one will hurt each other, right? Mm-hmm. I love that shit, man. Yeah, that, that scene that, was man because you you going into it, you don't necessarily know what Canute is going to do because he seems hell bent on you know taking over this farm, exiling the family, yeah. um, because he has these very grandiose plans for making Denmark incredibly prosperous and being able to. Um, feed and you know so take people, care yeah. of the people back in england that he's already conquered um but then thorfinn arrives and it's like dude you don't have to do this <laughs> and it's like literally and like i did i'm oh, sorry Trevor, go ahead the fact that he's he just went up to him and was like chill the fuck out relax daddy chill. and and canute was like you know, I think I will, and literally changes the course of fucking history because of that. It's crazy. I because I was like, why would Canute like back off? And then when he sees that in Thorfinn, like his conviction and what he's going for is like genuinely like trying to like make find a better place for like people to live in. He's like, well, shit. What the fuck am I doing, right? Honestly, it kind of felt like that. It, it was just a moment of recollection for Canute of coming from Thorfinn, and like he's being like one of down, the few laughing. and only men to actually stand up to him. He he was just struck hard by that. Yeah, it's a great it's scene. Kind of fascinating, right? It's really it's an absolutely it's a it's an absolutely phenomenal scene. Um... And then Again, you get the like voice the, acting was like, ugh. oh yeah, 
but then you get that that scene afterwards after it all happens with the like the actual history behind it about how Canute um didn't actually go through with the the plan and instead he actually focused on lessening the restrictions on the English people that he conquered and because of that they were actually like wow he's actually a really fucking good leader we'll follow him crazy how that worked right certainly better than his brother <laughs> or his dad mm, yeah i mean the bar wasn't that high no he kind of you know lost his head on the way and he actually like disbands some of his fleets and it's like wow if you actually make the people under you feel like they're safe and appreciated they might actually like you <laughs> yeah it's crazy wild right <laughs> wild shit i know but um, I do want to talk about the final episode, though. Uh, so, for the two of you, which I don't think either neither of you have read the manga, right? Nope, nope. I want to ask: Did the really final should. episode? Because because that the the next to last episode really feels like it's it's the end of the story, and it's like okay, we have a goal. Uh, the end of this part of the story or this arc? Oh, oh no. Have... Okay, hold on. Before hold we on. get to that, can I uh, uh, one or two episodes before that when he finally goes home? That's that's what I'm talking that's the about. Final the final episode, Shinoda. Was it the final episode? Yes, episode? it's yeah, the, the it's, fucking episode is called episode. Home. Yes. Oh right, right. For some reason, I was okay. Never mind. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. Uh, okay, yeah. so yeah, Shinoda had that, a brain fart. He did literally. I, I watched him have a stroke in real time. It was fascinating. It's um, a long day. Okay, fuck off. Um, but no. So the the next to last last episode really wraps up a lot of the um. Uh, the threads of this arc very, very well. And then you have a goal in mind for what comes after that. We go home, we see what we can do there, and then we try and find Vinland, right? Uh, for those, for you uh, who didn't read the manga, did it not feel like the final episode was like a prologue to the next arc? It felt like, so definitely the penultimate felt like, oh, that's the end, right? Like, we're done. It's got, That's the end of the season. There's another episode? What the fuck? Hmm. And then, um, but the final episode felt like a, both an, an epilogue and, a, yeah, sort of like, oh, okay, this is where, where we're headed, literally where we're headed to next season whenever that's going to come around, well, right? That's how I, I it just... felt for me as well. I, I want to tell you, there's a reason it feels like that is because it's an adaptation of the first chapter of the next arc. <laughs> Those mad Yay. lads, I fucking love them. <laughs> yeah, that uh, I that, that we'll episode. That, but yeah. that episode is actually an adaptation of the very first chapter of the uh, the next arc, the Eastern Expedition arc. Uh, that yes, that is that is the title of it. Um, but I love that 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 entire episode is very emotional, especially when he has that reunion. Thorfinn has the reunion with his mother. With his mother. Yeah. Oh my god! Now let me tell well, you something. This watch her first, and she yeah, I love who doesn't her. think it's actually him. Um, but no, like that that uh, reunion with his mother is you see you watch him release like three years worth of just bro. built up pain all at once. Bro, three fucking probably ten well, years. Well, of, really like... sixteen years. Yeah, bro, I fucking cried. <laughs> Man, that's some heavy shit. That is some heavy shit. It was hard to watch. That ending was so good. Yeah, I love. Like, I love the ending of that season. Unlike his sister, when uh, as soon as his mother saw him, she's like, "Oh, you're Thorfinn. Oh fuck, my son is back." Um, 
And also, like I mentioned it earlier, that that scene where he's kind of where Thorfinn is by himself, kind of staring at the aurora off in the distance, and just like he almost looks like he's contemplating the future. And then he has that vision of like his younger self and his father coming to him, and it's like you know what you got to do, right? <laughs> And also, just like the end of the first season, you have this little montage uh, of characters, some of which you know, some of which you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. that it was, was like, cool. Yeah, I was like, okay. I guess uh, it's like a sort of like a to get you hyped for the next season whenever that will come around, but it yeah. is what it is. Um, I don't know. I. I the the end of the first season of Vinland Saga is kind of iconic. That whole like montage in uh, Thorfinn's dagger that you see, uh, and then you kind of go. I forgot about settings. that. I I don't know that at all. I need to oh, go that, back and that, it. It's it's a great bit of cinematography. I highly recommend you go watch it again. I'll go back and um, do it, watch it. But I, I love the way this ends. It gives us a nice little bow on top of everything that happened, and it gets this kind of hype for what is. Uh, to come i just i don't think it could have ended any better than it did i, I just honestly don't yeah i just don't know how they can keep up because like the, the the farm arc was said like i you realize its purpose right and mm -hmm. what it was trying to do, to do and the journey they took thorfinn on during this arc and i'm like what now? I'm trying to yeah. like in terms of his character. Like, where where are you taking him now? And I'm I'm so curious to see how they if they can even live up to what we got so far. Because so far it was fucking awesome. Season one, season two, just like really fucking awesome anime. And you know? I'm like, I'm kind of curious to see where it goes next. You know, real um, curious. So at, at the time of recording, a, a third season or continuation hasn't hasn't been announced i have to imagine it will eventually happen um especially now that mappa has control of it and they seem like they'd only want to do like full-on adaptations of things um mm. if i had to guess i would say we'll probably get a third season sometime mid to late 2025 if not early 2026 you want to bid on that? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> because let me tell you something: I never would have bet on the fact that Spice and Wolf would be getting a remake, and we're getting that next year. So that's fair. <laughs> you never know. The anime industry is in a very um, interesting place now. There's things happening that I never thought we'd see. <laughs> Indeed, and I yet we still don't have agree. a second season of No Game, No Life. God damn it! That's nothing that will never happen, ever. I ah, never say never, my friend. I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, that's that's the second season of Vinland Saga. Um, it was great. Um, it was fucking awesome. Fuck you. Huh? What do you say, Chinoda? Uh, I said that was beyond great. Fuck you. Well, I, I did want oh, to. I did want to end with that. So, um, what do we give Vinland Saga season two out of ten? Oh, oh, uh, Mal real quick. Because I, I, I gave it a nine, which is the exact same score I gave um, the first season. Same. It's a, uh, it's very different, it's but it's easy, very intentional. I would say it's an easy no. nine out of 10. It's verging on something like a 9.5 out of 10. I nine out of 10 really for close. me as well. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. Nine out of 10 was, across the board. 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that we we definitely think this is a great anime. Uh, I also think it's very safe to say this will definitely be a nominee for anime of the year during our awards show in a, about what six months. <laughs> oh, God, it's so soon. <laughs> oh God, Natai. <laughs> Will Natai uh, even qualify for the will, award will, show? Will Natai be able to qualify any of his opinions this year? <laughs> Let's tune in and find out. If I'll if I'll if I'll fucking stop giving a chance to John's shit romance shows, maybe I'll fucking get around to it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I gave it five episodes. It's just fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, that is going to be it for us. Um, thank you, everyone, for stopping by to watch us talk about one of our favorite anime of uh, 2023, Vinland Saga Season 2. Um, don't forget to uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff down below. If you like what you saw and want to see more, uh, share it around. Tell us what you thought of the second season of Vinland Saga, because I am interested to read uh, and hear what uh, our followers thought about it as well. And especially if you're someone who thought the second season was boring, I'd like to actually hear your thoughts on why exactly you thought that was. You're uh, wrong, and you're wrong. a shonen sheep. You're wrong, and you should feel bad. <laughs> hey, hey, we can't use that. No, that's not ours. That's not ours. <laughs> um, but as always, check down below where you can find links to Anime Club, After Dark, on uh, Twitter, uh, on Discord. All of our links are down below. We also have a link to our merch store where you can buy uh, lovely, lovely ACAD-themed merch and really help us out. Uh, with that, though, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Vikings! Yar! Wait, that's pirates. That's Fuck. a pirate! Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Ahoy! Ahoy!